So welcome to another episode of Surgery Talks podcast. Um, this is Afshin Alijani, consultant uh, surgeon at Nine Ross Hospital, Dundee. Uh, in today's podcast, I will be concentrating on the topic of cholecystostomy. I will be describing um, what a cholecystostomy is, when I will be using it, some of the pitfalls and uh, also the post-procedural care uh, of a cholecystostomy. Cholecystostomy essentially is a percutaneous drainage of the gallbladder um, and is often reserved for cases of uh, quite severe cholecystitis. The indications for a cholecystostomy uh, include uh, severe sepsis, particularly accompanied by organ dysfunction, and late presentation of the uh, cholecystitis. Uh, and of course, the third factor uh, probably will be the surgeon's experience and judgment. The fourth factor is the patient's uh, premorbid condition and particularly poor reserves, particularly in the case of ASA 3s and 4s. Occasionally, these factors coexist. Think about an elderly uh, man, uh, say 70, 75 years of age, with central obesity, BMI of certainly above 40, who's been unwell for about four or five days, rather vague history, comes in with increasing pain in the upper abdomen, feeling of malaise and high temperature of around 39 very tender in the right upper quadrant. There is a suggestion of a fullness in the right upper quadrant. There is a history of ischemic heart disease, patients managing to do his own shopping with some difficulty, and significantly the patient has got type 2 diabetes. The bloods come back with a white cell count of 20 and a CRP of greater than 200. The liver function test is uh, slightly deranged, bilirubin of 25, ALT of about 120, creatinine is 120, urea is up, indicating a bit of dehydration and renal dysfunction. Um, blood pressure is around 100 over 80, uh, pulse is up at 110 but regular. So this patient clearly uh, has got a, a, a severe sepsis with early signs of uh, uh, renal impairment. This patient clearly uh, requires urgent uh, intravenous antibiotics and uh, intravenous fluid resuscitation. Most patients uh, would probably routinely would have an ultrasound scan. An ultrasound scan might show a distended, thickened wall gallbladder, which appears to be edematous uh, with gallstones uh, and perhaps bile duct, which is not dilated. This particular patient that we're going, uh, we're describing uh, is a type 2 diabetic. So one thing in the back of your mind in the absence of gallstones is whether this patient is developing um, a rapidly progressing necrotic gallbladder from a calculus cholecystitis, which uh, they tend to do even worse uh, than the calculus ones in my experience. However, uh, this particular patient might uh, quite appropriately have, an, uh, have a CT scan instead of an ultrasound because of the severity of the condition and to rule out any other uh, possible uh, diagnoses uh, unrelated to the gallbladder. So here we have this uh, patient with severe 
sepsis secondary to acute cholecystitis, slightly delayed presentation, high risk. Uh, there are a few options available to the surgical team. Um, so some patients might get treated conservatively and monitored appropriately uh, to uh, in, a, in a high dependency environment, uh, monitoring uh, them uh, in, in relation to response to treatment. The other option would be to resuscitate and perform an emergency laparoscopic cholecystectomy urgently. Uh, another option will be to perform an urgent cholecystostomy for source control uh, alongside with anti antibiotics and uh, fluids uh, as and kind of perhaps even regard this as a definitive treatment. And uh, one last um, option would be to perform the emergency cholecystostomy but uh, depending on the patient's progress, assess the patient while the patient is in as an inpatient and perhaps the patient goes home with the cholecystostomy in situ uh, and to come back electively in about four weeks' time for a cholecystectomy. Um, now, at this point, you may want to pause this uh, recording and think about... Uh, some of these options and uh, perhaps think uh, uh, and reason uh, for yourself which one will be your choice. My own choice will be to perform an urgent uh, cholecystostomy and uh, subsequently assess the patient for an elective laparoscopic cholecystectomy in four weeks' time. This patient has central obesity, is presented late, uh, about five days and is male and these are uh, usually the hallmarks of a difficult gallbladder surgically uh, also the patient is showing signs of severe sepsis with renal impairment um, borderline blood pressure uh, raised uh, white cell count of 20 and a CRP of well over 200 and severe and high, and high temperature so, uh, uh, on a background of a, a pre-morbid condition with ischemic heart disease. So, there are two um, relatively good indications for performing this cholecystostomy. Now, somebody might say, well, um, uh, what if the surgeon has got a very good experience in performing gallbladders, uh, which are quite difficult um, well, I would say that that's perhaps uh, one of the, uh, still remains one indication for a possible cholecystostomy, and that's the case of severe sepsis. Uh, in uh, uh, most cases, in the presence of severe sepsis, and certainly Apache score of perhaps 15 or more, you would seriously consider performing a cholecystostomy rather than a cholecystectomy. But there are always exceptions to this rule. So here we've decided uh, that uh, we're going to perform a cholecystostomy. The radiologist often asks for an INR of 1.3 or less. Um, there are two approaches to cholecystostomy uh, radiologically. You either go through the liver, transhepatic, or through the peritoneum, the transcelomic. Uh, each one has got advantages and disadvantages. Uh, the the, 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 the transcelomic through the abdominal wall, through the peritoneum, 
has got the advantage of not going through the liver and hence lesser chance of bleeding. Um, however, the transhepatic uh, approach will have a less chance of bile leak uh, into the peritoneum. I think overall, perhaps the transhepatic is often preferred unless uh, uh, the approach is difficult. And if the gallbladder is sitting uh, right under the abdominal wall, some, um, most radiologists probably just go through uh, the peritoneum directly. Um, you always know when the bile uh, is infected uh, because of the color of it. It comes out rather cloudy, rarely frank pus, but often just cloudy uh, rather than that green, clean, deep green color of the bile. Usually the patient feels much better in uh, less than four to six hours. Certainly by 12 hours, the patient uh, will have come out of that severe septic state. Uh, um, and um, once the, the bile drainage is getting to kind of less than 50 mils a, uh, a day, you might think about flushing it with 20 mils of saline twice a day just to prevent it from uh, blockage. Then you have the option of performing a, a cholangiogram through the cholecystostomy. And this is not a bad plan because it really delineates the, uh, the anatomy of the biliary tree. Um, and also just off chance there is any bile duct stones. Um, you, you can detect that uh, in preparation for spigoting or removing the cholecystostomy tube. Now, if you're planning for a surgery, which is often the case, my own preference is to keep the cholecystostomy tube in. Um, and the re my reason for doing so is because um, basically intraoperatively, then it becomes quite easy to remove the tube on the direct vision and prevent any uh, untoward complications of the removal, such as bile leak or bleeding. Uh, also, keeping the cholecystostomy tube in situ till the date of surgery gives you that extra option uh, of uh, unspigoting the tube if you've uh, spigoted it uh, in case of recurrence of pain and just allowing the gallbladder to drain. Uh, the patient, uh, when on the table and once the pneumoperitoneum is established, uh, you often just very easily can see the tube uh, if it's transthalamic. Uh, if it's going through the liver, uh, then uh, obviously you have to then can, uh, be worried slightly uh, about bile leak after removal of the gallbladder from the liver bed from the puncture side of the transhepatic cholecystostomy. So I then tend to leave a, a, a silicon drain in the liver bed uh, once the gallbladder is removed, just for uh, uh, a day or two, just to make sure that there's no bile loma uh, postoperatively. Thank you.